Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. All right, you ready for the word today? All right. All right, first service was awesome. And I just hope that this is going to be just as awesome. <laughs> Have y'all enjoyed the, the, uh, the series, the forward series? Yeah. Amen. Listen, if you missed any of those messages, you want to make sure you go back um, on uh, our website and listen to those. Pastor Don did some amazing, amazing messages. And then last week, Pastor Cody, um, you know, talked about plowing now. That's a really, really, really good one. And then today we're going to talk about unfiltered hearts. I'm going to talk about unfiltered hearts. And if you listen to all of these messages, you'll kind of see this common uh, theme, if you will. It talks about the heart. And it's so very important. It's so very vital. And actually, it's vital and important um, to us. And Jesus thought that it was so important. And we're going we're gonna to talk about that today. And a lot of us have filters on our hearts. And these filters come from life experiences, our upbringing, uh, things that we've gone through in our life, pain that we've suffered, and they build these, these filters around our heart. And then we just start to say, you know, hey, that's just who I am. No, nah, it's not really who you are. It's just the filter that's on your heart. Some of us, like for me, um, you know, I really don't know if I'm actually an introvert. I am an introvert, but I really believe that I'm probably an introvert just because of stuff that I've gone through in my life. And I think that can happen, that you kind of become an introvert or you become an extrovert. And I'm actually an extrovert because I have to be, you know, here. It's like, how are you going to be a pastor? You don't like people. You don't talk to people. You don't shake hands. It's like, ah, that don't work. You probably need to get another job. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm an extrovert by occupation. But I'm really an introvert because as soon as I leave here, I go home and I just want to go in my room and close all the blinds and get up under the covers in the dark. And I don't want to mess with anybody. I don't want to talk to anybody. I just want to be here by myself. Leave me alone. And all the introverts said, amen. (laughs) So we have these filters on our hearts because of different things, experiences that we've gone through in life. And so maybe, for instance, maybe you're a woman and you're wondering why you keep getting into bad relationship after bad relationship. You're wondering why, why do I keep attracting all of these same people, the same type of guy every time? Can I tell you, it's probably not the guy. It's a filter on your heart. And maybe that filter was created because you didn't get the attention that you needed as a little girl from your dad. You didn't get to love and the attention. So now you're seeking for this attention and this love in all of the wrong places. It's a filter on your heart. Say this with me. Say, God, unfilter my heart. Or maybe you're a man and and, and you suffer or deal with rejection. And all your life, you've just dealt with rejection. And, and, And you may take rejection one of two ways. Maybe you get like super duper angry or maybe you get super duper depressed when you get rejected. But if you look back on your life, maybe it's because you didn't get the attention from your parents or maybe maybe your dad left or, or, or your mom left or your parents weren't there or maybe just because of life, now you have this filter of rejection on your heart. Everything you see, every relationship you get in, you always see and feel rejected because of the filter on your heart. It's not other people. Say, God, unfilter my heart. Or maybe you're like me and maybe you need affirmation. 
Maybe you suffer from, and I say suffer because it is actually suffering sometimes because you get depressed when you don't get affirmation, when someone doesn't tell you that you did a good job or they don't give you a pat on the back or they don't say, oh man, that was awesome, that was amazing. And you look and you seek for affirmation and it's probably because if you look back over your life, you didn't get it as a kid. Growing up, you didn't get the affirmation and you, we all need it. We all need affirmation. That's why God affirms us through his word. We all need it. It's something in us that, that desires affirmation. And so we, now we have this filter on our heart. I'll give you an example, my own example. I like to preach about me. I don't like to talk about other people. I like to talk about me because I'm jacked up. We all are. Don't laugh too hard because you are too. <laughs> but an example in my, in my life, every single time that I preach, there's one particular individual, when I preach, he comes up to me and he says, man, that was awesome. If he wasn't here, he listens to the message. He say, man, you did a great job, Pastor Dave. That was awesome, man. Great job, great job. And this one particular time, he ain't saying nothing. So I'm like, okay, did I do something wrong? Did I say, did I, did I not say with my shirt not tucked in or something like that? Did I not, I mean, what, what did I do? Did I not say what I was supposed to say? Did I not preach good? I was looking for this affirmation and I didn't get it. Now, not that I need affirmation. I don't need any pats on the back. You know, I don't, uh, there's, I don't really seek that. When it happens, it's like, oh, that was great. But I was looking for it and I didn't get it. But it was a filter on my heart. That filter that needed affirmation. Maybe you're one that's very, very, very critical. And you criticize everything. And listen, if you're a husband and your wife is next to you and she's critical, don't elbow her. Just look right at me or vice versa. Just look right here. Don't even look anywhere else. Patrick, I said don't look. <laughs> but you have someone in your life that's very critical and they criticize every little thing. You can, they, every time you do something wrong, or maybe this is you, you're the critical one. So you find something wrong in everything that somebody does. Everything. Everything. But if you look back over your life, maybe it's because all you got was criticism when you were growing up. And you couldn't do anything right. Whether it was your mom, your dad, your grandmother, grand, grandpa, or uncle, or whomever, family, friends. You could never do anything right. All you got was criticism. And it built this filter on your heart where you thought that that was normal. Say, unfilter my heart. I'm so glad to God when he looks at me, he doesn't. Look at me based on my filters, but he looks at me based on my heart. I was thinking about this this morning when I was on the way in. And I actually, first service, I had this pair of glasses right here. You can tell that these are women's glasses. And somebody caught me trying not to put them on my face. And I put it on like real quick and they, it was, I mean, they were just, just so disrespectful. They was just waiting. <laughs> just waiting to take a picture. So I got some other glasses that I can actually put on. <laughs> so you're going through life with filters. It's like going through life wearing sunglasses. The filter on your heart causes you to see from a different perspective. 
It doesn't change what's on the other side of these glasses. It doesn't change it. It doesn't, it doesn't make, it, uh, uh, make it any different. It still is the same as it is whether you have the glasses on or not, but the filter on your heart causes you to see it in a different way. It causes you to see it from a different perspective. So now because all you have dealt with was rejection in your life, you walk around with rejection filters. And so everything you see in your life is rejection. You've been dealing with criticism all of your life, and so now you walk around with this criticism filter. And all you see is criticism. All you can find is criticism. You've been offended, you've you've gotten offended all your life, and so now you walk around with this offense filter. So everything that comes to you, though it comes from a, a good intention on the other side, most of the time, Most of the time, it comes from a very good intention on the other side, but because you have this filter of offense, every time it comes to you, you see through a lens of offense. Say, God, unfilter my heart. And sometimes the people around us have filters on their hearts. And because of the filters on their hearts, it kind of... We kind of take on their filter. And so things that used to bother us or or didn't bother us, they now bother us because they bother someone else, someone that we're close to, someone that we're in relationship with. The filters that were on their heart are now, have now become our filters. Let's look in the word in Numbers chapter 11. In this particular passage of scripture, the children of Israel Deliver out of Egypt, 400 years of slavery. God delivers them out. And now they're in this wilderness and he told them that he had a promise for them, that I've got a promise that you're gonna go to this land that is flowing with milk and honey. It's an amazing land. Like there's so much good stuff there. There's so many big grapes. There's like everything, all the steak you want, uh, uh, anything that you like, chocolate chip cookies and red velvet cake, um, all those little things that you just absolutely love. Like it is right there. You can have it all you want. And my wife always says, there's a place where you don't get calories. <laughs> she believes that when we get to heaven, it's going to be a place where she can, she can just eat all she wants and no calories. She said, I'm going to have a cold stone in my mansion. It's like, okay. But he's telling them that this is the promise, that this is the land that I've called you to. This is the land that, you're, that, that I'm promising, that I'm giving to you. But what? They stop and they're stuck in the wilderness for 40 years. And they weren't stuck in this wilderness because God kept them there. They were stuck in this wilderness because of them, because of the filters on their hearts. Let's look at this in November, Numbers chapter 11. Numbers chapter 11, verse 4. It says, the rabble with them began to crave other food. And now you're probably wondering, like, what the heck is a rabble? Okay, so in another uh, um, translation, it's talking about people that were not Israelites. We just say it that way. So for all this time, this is, this is the first time I actually saw this. For all this time, I always thought that it was just the children of Israel in the wilderness. But, but this scripture here tells us that it wasn't just the children of Israel. There were some other people that were traveling with them. And so they're in this, 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 this wilderness area and God is providing for them. And now these people that are with them begin to crave other food 
And again, the Israelites started wailing and said, if only we had meat to eat. I'm tired of this manna. I want some steak. I want some filet mignon. I want a ribeye. I want a New York strip. I want a T-bone. I'm hungry. That wasn't me preaching. I was talking about myself. I'm hungry. I'm just visualizing all of the steak. I'm tired of this man. I want some steak. We want some meat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost. Wait a minute. You've just been delivered from slavery. And now you're in a place where you're free. And you're reminding Moses, you're reminding God in essence that I ate better when I was in slavery. When I was in bondage, it was better over there. And now I'm stuck in this wilderness and all I keep eating is this manna, this what is it? And that's what it's translated as manna is what is it? They didn't even know what it was and I'm tired of eating it. It's dry, I got cotton mouth. We had this fish that we ate in Egypt at no cost. Also the cucumbers and melons and leeks and onions and garlic and lions and tigers and bears, oh my. But now we have lost our appetite. We've never seen anything but this manna. God delivered them out of Egypt, out of slavery, out of bondage. They don't have somebody beating them upside their head, telling them what to do every single day. They can do whatever they wanna do in essence but they're remembering how they had it when they were in slavery, when they were in bondage. See, what happens when you have filters on your heart, it causes three things in your life. Number one, it causes you to miss what God has done. They're in this wilderness, forgetting, or forgetting the fact that you're not even in slavery anymore. God removed you out of that and he put you here. Yeah, you haven't made it there yet, but you're not in slavery anymore. The filter on their heart that kind of came from, to, to them from the people that was with them, them other folk, caused them to miss what God had already done in their lives. That's what filters do. Not only does it make you forget what God has done or make you miss what God has done, it causes you to miss what God is doing. They're looking at the fact that we used to have steak and fish and cucumbers and melons and leeks and onions. We have all of that stuff there and forgetting that God provides them manna every single day, like clockwork. Every day they wake up, it's manna there. They don't have to do nothing to get it. All they got to do is open their eyes and the provision is there. But because of these filters on their heart, they're missing what God is currently doing. How many of us do that? That God is doing some amazing things in your life, but because of those filters, you're missing it. You can't even see the provision that he's already got in your life. You're missing it. So we miss what God has done. We miss what God is doing. And then we prolong what God wants to do. Again, I said they were in this wilderness, not because God kept them there, but because they couldn't shut their mouths. Because they kept complaining. They kept whining. They kept reminding God like he didn't know that they was in slavery. Reminding him of where they came from and what they had. And that happens in our lives. 
There's a promise on the other side of this wilderness that you're currently in. If you just close your mouth, if you just stop whining, if you just stop complaining and see what God has done and see what God is doing and see what he wants to do. You can get out of this wilderness that you've been in for so long if you just open your eyes and remove the filter from your heart. Say, God, unfilter my heart. David, greatest king to ever live. Well, some would probably say it's Solomon, and it probably is. But David was a great man. David was the only man that God says that this guy, he's a man after my own heart. But why did he say that about David? Why didn't he say that about anybody else? What was it that David did in his life to cause God to tell him that this right here, this guy, that's my dude. That's my guy right there. I believe that it was because David knew his need for the father. He knew that he could not make it without him. And he knew every time he fell short, he didn't run away from God. He ran to God. So David, you know the story. He sees this woman standing on the other side, on top of her roof bathing. He says, I got to get that one. And David goes and he takes Bathsheba. And he commits adultery with Bathsheba. And thought nobody would know. The father saw it. And this man named Nathan came to him. And he starts telling David this story about this man that saw something that was someone else's and he coveted it and he wanted it. He says, it's happening right here in your kingdom. And I'm paraphrasing. And David said, wait a minute, hold up. Who did it? Where is, bring that dude here. It's about, it's about to go down. Bring him here. And Nathan said, it's you. And so David, in Psalm chapter 51, he's writing this prayer. He's he's praying to the Father. He's crying out. He realized that the Father saw it, that I've messed up. I've screwed up royally. I've jacked this thing up. And he says here in Proverbs, or in Psalms 51, verse 10, he says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast or a loyal spirit within me. And I love how he says it in the voice translation. He says, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Restore within me a sense of being brand new. Now, if you read a few verses up above that, you'll see that David is asking and pleading to God to forgive him. God, I've messed up. I need you to forgive me. I've really, really, really messed up. Please forgive me. But then he goes a step further. He was already forgiven. But what he's saying here, when he asked God to create in me a clean heart, is he's saying, God, I realize that I didn't just do that. There was something in my heart. And if you don't clean out the junk in my heart, I'm going to end up doing the same thing over and over again. So God, I don't just need you to forgive me, but I need you to clean my heart. Clean my heart, God. 
created me a sense of being brand new because everything that we do, everything that we say comes out of our hearts. This will cause you to be a lot less judgmental on people. It'll cause you to look at yourself too. Because now you see when people do things and when people say things, what's the state of their heart? What's on the inside of your heart? I know I said this in first service. I don't know if I said it this service or not yet, but my wife calls me a people watcher because I'm always watching people. I'm very analytical. And when people say things, some people were just like, ah, they just said that. And I'm like, wait a minute. Why'd you say that? Where'd that come from? What was in your heart that you, that you said that thing? What, what was in your heart that you did that? Why did you do that? It causes you to be a little less judgmental because you realize that I'm not the only jacked up one. There's some other people that are messed up too. And here's what happens when you pray this kind of prayer, when you talk to the Father about your heart, when you talk to the Father about you. When you seek God for change, 99.9% of the time, he's going to talk to you about you before he talks to you about somebody else. So if every single prayer that you pray, you're asking God to open your eyes for someone else or to give you a word for this person because they're messing up right now, God, and I need you to speak to me so that I can give them a word so that they can change their life, they can change the course of of their life, and God's saying, no, I want to change your life. I want to change your heart. How about you talk to me about you instead of talking to me about someone else? When you really have a love relationship with the Father, with the Holy Spirit, he's going to come to you and he's going to talk to you about you. And there's so, so much compassion when he does it. And in my life, there was a, a situation that I had this, uh, uh, this thing that happened between uh, this guy and I. And I was praying and I was asking God to show me, and this is my prayer, Whenever I do something, whenever um, I get into some kind of whatever with, with someone else, I ask God not to show me them and their mistake. I ask God, show me me. What did I do? Show me myself so that I can fix me. And if I messed up, God, let me know so that I can apologize. Listen, this is why God says that, that, that David was a man after his own heart. Because he didn't go and talk about, well, Bathsheba slept with me. No, he said, God, forgive me. It's not about Bathsheba. It's about me. And so I asked the father, father, show me me. What did I do wrong in this? And then I asked the guy to go out to lunch with me. And I took him out to lunch. And I said, man, I just want to apologize to you. I messed up, man. And I've been praying and I've been asking God to show me my heart and show me, show me your heart. And, and all God showed me was where I screwed up. And man, I just want to apologize for that. You don't have to apologize back to me. I'm not even looking for it, but I just had to do this for me. I had to be on the right side of this thing for me. This is what God was telling me to do. And at the end of the day, I know that I did what God led me to do. Now, whether you accept it, whether you do something with it, that's on you and that's between you and God. But as far as me, I have to stay in the right path. I have to stay in what God is telling me to do. 
And when you pray that kind of prayer, when you have that kind of relationship with the Father, this is how you become this man like David. This is how you become this woman like David, that, that no matter what I go through, I'm not pointing the finger at anybody else. I'm going to point at me. God created me a clean heart. Say, God, unfilter my heart. David knew that there were some things in his heart that was preventing him from being all that God called him to be. And I believe that David, that, that, that the things that David went through in his life was as a result of what he had gone through in his life growing up. And as I was studying for this, I started to really think about it. And it's just like, okay, well, why did David commit adultery? And why did David try to cover it up by killing her husband? Well, why did David do these things? What was it that David, that, that David went through in his life that caused him to do this? This is how I read scripture. And I look back, do you remember when the prophet came to David's house when he was a little boy and he came to anoint the next king? And the father brought all the sons and said, here, these are all my boys. Pray over them. These, here, here, here go my boys. But where was David? He was out in the field. Did he have anybody out there with him? He was by himself. Do you think that David suffered from rejection? Do you think that David sought affirmation? Well, they were having a party in the house when all the brothers were in there. But David's out by himself. Do you think that David suffered with loneliness? Now, the Bible doesn't say that. This is just me thinking and, and, and knowing about my life and, 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 the, you know, and the things that I've gone through. And David isn't different than me, so he probably suffered with some of the same things that I suffered with. So maybe this is why David, maybe, just maybe, that this is why David went through some of these things and did some of these things. And David realized it and he said, God, I've got filters on my heart. And I need you to create in me a clean heart. He said, Lord, I thank you for forgiveness. I thank you for cleansing me. But God, I need to ask you to do something else. I did what I did because my heart wanted to do it. And again, God, if you simply just forgive me and you leave my heart in the same condition that it was, I'm going to fall right back into doing this thing again. Clean my heart. Not change my heart. Not give me a new heart. Clean my heart. And when you ask God to clean your heart, he's going to ask you to do something. And you're like, God, just change my heart. I just need you to take it out and give me a new one. He's like, no. It's like working out. I love working out. And see, most people work out because they like to look good. Though I like to look good, but I, I, I like working out because I like to eat. <laughs> and in order for me to eat what I want to eat <laughs> and not semi-look bad, I just I keep working out. That's why I keep going to the gym, hashtag fit pastor. <laughs> Shameless plug. <laughs> but I can say, till I'm blue in the face, I want to lose 20 pounds. You know what? I'm going to go take this pill that's going to make me lose 20 pounds in 30 seconds. I really hope it ain't nothing like that. But you get the picture. When God is saying, listen, well, you got to diet and you got to work out 
And you got to stop eating uh, at 9 and 10 o'clock at night, sitting in your bed uh, with chocolate chip cookies or Oreos. And you got to stop eating ice cream all the time. And you got to stop drinking beer. And and you got to (laughs) stop. Because that does make you gain weight, just by the way, if you didn't know that. So God has given you the method of of making a change for your outward appearance, but you don't want to do it. God has given you the method to change, to clean out your heart, but you don't want to do it. He's saying, listen, I got a diet for you. There's something that I need you to do. You're like, God, I don't want to do no spiritual push-ups and sit-ups. I just want you to give me a new heart. He's like, no. You got to do something. And so David's son I believe he understood what David was experiencing. He understood what his dad was going through. And his son, King Solomon, is the wisest man to ever live and the richest man to ever live. And he prays this prayer, and this is my, this is my verse for this year, and I really, I actually I believe that this is going to be my life verse. He prays this prayer in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. He says, above all else, Guard your heart. Wait a minute. Above all else, guard my heart. And when the father spoke this to me about six or seven months ago, when he gave me this scripture and really I read the scripture and it, 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 it was no longer, I'm going to say this and some of you may not understand it, some of you will. It was no longer logos. It was rhema. It just, it, it became open. It wasn't just a word. It wasn't just a scripture, but it was like, whoa, my eyes were open to what God was saying to me in this particular scripture. And when he said that, I said, well, God, you mean I'm not supposed to focus on being a better husband? He said, above all else, guard your heart. But I'm supposed to be a better husband. Yeah, but if you guard your heart, because you being a better husband comes out of your heart. Well, God, I want to be a better dad. I'm I'm really messing up right now, and and I get mad all the time. You know, I get mad quickly, and and I know I'm not parenting my kids the way I want to parent them. So, God, I need you to help me to be a better parent. He says, guard your heart above all else. But I need to be a better parent. Well, your parenting comes from your heart. Well, God, I've really been screwing up with my money, and, 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 and I'm just spending and spending, and I don't have no control over my spending. So, God, I just need you to help me and give me. You said that the fruit of the Spirit is self-control, so I need some of that, that self-control because, and God says, no, I need you above all else to guard your heart because you managing your finances come from your heart. He says, above all else, above everything else, guard your heart for everything you do. Say Everything. Everything you do flows from it. Look at this in the New Living Translation. He says, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. Whoa, that's strong right there. Above everything else, I'm supposed to guard and watch over my heart because it not only uh, helps me to live a good life, but it determines which way my life goes. It determines the course, the direction of my life. And if that's the word and the wisdom that you're giving me, then I got to focus on this thing here because I want my life to be heading in the right direction. Guard your heart above everything else because it determines the course of your life. If you don't get anything else, get this because your heart determines 
the direction that your life takes. You live from your heart. You love from your heart. You parent from your heart. You manage your money from your heart. You conduct your relationships from your heart. Your attitude, your words, your actions, it all flows out of your heart. So guard it. And see, what filters do is filters allow you to say, you know, uh, man, I held my tongue. I held my tongue. I didn't say what I wanted to say. I did good. Woo! I know you're proud of me because I was about to cut you up real good. And some people can, I mean, slice and dice people with them words like, I was about to cut you up real good, but I held my tongue. And we think that we did good because we held our tongue. But God is saying, let's move beside, let's move beyond that filter. Because what was in your heart was getting ready to come out. So it's not the good thing that you had this filter up and you didn't say that you, what you wanted to say. I'm digging a little deeper and says, why was that in your heart that you wanted to say that to begin with? Or that you wanted to do that to begin with? Say, God, unfilter my heart. When you pray this prayer, to create in me a clean heart. You're saying, God, you're not looking at the fact that I just didn't say what I wanted to say. You're looking deeper than that and what's in my heart, the state of my heart. You're not looking at the fact that, 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 that I, didn't, uh, I didn't actually take the step and commit adultery. You're looking at the fact that it was in my heart. Because Jesus said, listen, I know what the Ten Commandments say, and it says thou shalt not commit adultery, but I'm going to take it a little step further, and I'm going to say if you even look on a woman, and you've already done it where? In your heart. Whoa, Jesus. So I don't even have to actually do the act to be wrong? Nope. If it's in your heart, you're already wrong. God, clean my heart. Clean out the junk in my heart. Because if you don't clean out the junk in my heart, I'm going to mess up my marriage. I'm going to mess up my life. I'm going to mess up my kids. I'm going to mess up my finances. I'm going to mess up my job. I'm going to mess up everything in my life. If you don't clean out my heart, God. I don't want to just ask for forgiveness. God, I need you to clean my heart. Clean my heart. That should be our prayer. That should be our hope. As children of God, God wants to clean out your heart. He wants to give you a clean heart. He wants to create this sense of being brand new. Well, how do I do that, Pastor Dave? How do I do that? I understand it sounds good and I know that I need it, but how do I do it? Let's look in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Many of you know this passage of scripture already. It says love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It's not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. So when God, when God unfilters your heart, love reigns. So you want to know how? To unfilter your heart, first of all, you ask God, and then you want to know how to clean out your heart? 
You pray this in 1 Corinthians 13. And here's the good thing about this. I'm getting ready to close. Is that the Bible says that God is love and the Bible says that we are created in his image and in his likeness. So we're just like him. So if God is love, then that means that I'm love. And I'm just like God and I'm love. So when I pray this, I can actually put my name here. And this is what I want you to do. Because these are the filters that we have on our hearts. This is what I want you to do. And when you pray this prayer in 1 Corinthians 13, I want you to say, I am patient. I am kind. I do not envy. I don't boast. I am not proud. I don't dishonor others. I'm not self-seeking. I'm not easily angered. I don't keep record of wrongs. I don't delight in evil, but I rejoice with the truth. I always protect. I always trust. I always hope. I always persevere. I never fail. It's not what goes into a man that defiles him. It's what comes out. There's so much power in your tongue. There's so much power in the words that you say. Well, Pastor Dave, I don't feel that. It doesn't matter. Keep speaking it. You'll see it. It may not happen tomorrow. It may not happen next week. But if you keep speaking this thing, if you keep saying this and speaking this word, this prayer over your life, you're going to see your life revolutionized. You don't have to worry about, well, God, I just keep getting angry all the time so quickly. I am not easily angered. Well, I just keep thinking these evil thoughts and, I, and then I keep wanting to do stuff and, and I keep, I don't have any patience and I just feel like I'm so mad and so I just want to be angry all the time. I am patient. I I am kind. Well, you don't know what they did to me. You don't know how they hurt me. And I just want them to apologize for it. I want them to acknowledge the fact that they hurt me. I want them to tell me that they're sorry. I want them to know just how bad they hurt. I don't keep records of wrongs. I know how they messed up over that other person. And I'm not letting them in my life because they're going to do the same thing. I always see the good in people. Pastor Dave, every time I try to do right, I keep falling. I keep messing up. I keep doing wrong. I never fail. You speak this word over your life. You speak this word over your life. It's nothing that I can say. It's not a worship service that you can be a part of that's going to change it. It's you believing and having faith that the word is the word and it's already done in your life and you keep speaking it. You keep saying it until you see it. You keep speaking it until you believe it. But I don't believe it right now. Keep speaking it until you believe it. Keep saying it until you believe it. And you'll know that it's happened. Your faith has been attached because you'll start to see some fruit in your life. Say, God, unfilter my heart. Every head bowed, every eye closed. God, we are so grateful.
so grateful for your patience with us. How you just keep giving us chance after chance to get it right. And you don't make us feel bad for making mistakes. You just keep reminding us of how much you love us. And you keep giving us the strength to get back up and try again. God, thank you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for loving us more than we love ourselves. God, thank you for creating in us this clean heart and helping us to be more like you. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.